Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. But I'm noticing that some of the shows that are dramas or whatever, there's always like a sinkhole that happens and people fall down a sinkhole a bunch. And I'm like, man, that's a, a trope that I've not noticed in, you know, at home is sinkhole. You know, everything happens and then you know, a sinkhole happens. You never and, know. Just watch you know. your feet. Long and prosper. Yes, that's my pun for you all because we're talking yet again in our wonderful campaign of Star Trek Lower Deck seen on Paramount Plus. We have almost the entire cast and gosh, the creator, everybody for this wonderful campaign. I'm one of your hosts, David Magadoff. With me is my most wonderful co host, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. How are you this beautiful Thursday? I'm lovely because we had on the fantastic Eugene Cordero, who plays Ensign Rutherford in Star Trek Lower Decks, as I've said a billion times just now. Um, We have such a wonderful group of episodes, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the last few. We have some more coming. It's just great to be able to go through an entire season of a show and have on the people who made them. It is. And David, if you feel like you said Star Trek Lower Decks quite a few times, I'm going to challenge you. Okay, you ready? Yes. This is episode seven of our yes. run, and I'm I would like to get out my stopwatch and give you the challenge, kind of like a YouTube challenge, but this mm. is a fanatics challenge mm-hmm. of how fast you can say Star Trek Lower Decks seven times. Ready, set, go. Star Trek Lower Decks. 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 Seven seconds. It's the trek. Wow. Part. It's the it's the R and the it's star and the trek. Yeah. Ours can really trip you up. You did good, though. You Seven for seven. Seven and seven. Thank you. And by the way, guys, if you enjoy hearing us repeat words over and over again, uh, thanks for being our fans. And feel free to like and subscribe and share this wonderful <laughs> podcast. Hey, right, let's get to the meat of episode seven. Yes. What happened? We were at a, we were at a bird planet. <laughs> I love this episode because we were following Peanut Hamper, who's one of the little... Uh, you know, communication robots that fly around. And Peanut Hamper is played by a very special person. Peanut Hamper has is, is voiced by one of my favorites from that show, You're the Worst, if you ever watched it on FX. She's Keither Donahue, or Kether Donahue, forgive me if that's not how you pronounce her name. She's so... I'm just going to say it. She's so fucking funny. She, her comedy timing and her ability is uh, just perfect to the point where i'm like oh i want this to be a regular character in the show she was quite also the the dirty mouth yeah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> which made her even more enjoyable last episode claire had a good point in saying how adult the show is and then this show just, this episode seven doubled down on, <laughs> on yes that. 
It sure did. I do like that she had uh, sexual relations with a bird man. And said the bird man cried afterward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she did not, you know, pull any punches. Peanut factory. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Peanut factory. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The the hawk sounds throughout. I just appreciated the honest hawk sounds from these bird people. And I like the sky snake. I thought it was a real fun off-planet discovery this uh, this episode. It's a good example, I think, of why animation can be such escapism. Because you couldn't, even with, you know, all the CGI and special effects we have, you couldn't really, like, pull off a, like, owl bird planet episode with a robot. You know, everything would be very... I don't know. It just wouldn't come across, but you get into animation. It's just like, whatever, anything goes. Let's let's make the owls. And, you know, missed opportunity, though. I did feel, A, mm-hmm. not to have a bit of a Harry Potter crossover in this episode with the owls. B, the owls never flew anywhere. I kind of missed that. Owls do fly. They're not like, you know, chickens who are mostly ground bound. <laughs> They do they do fly occasionally. But you know, I, I thought it would have been nice, you know, her boyfriend Al to like fly up by by the peanut machine. You wanted to see some birds being birds. You right. Felt like I, the birds, I yeah. liked the bird human aspects. I just wanted a little more I I I kept anthropomorphizing them in my head. They have <laughs> wings. Wasn't hard since they were walking. They have wings. Anyway. Use, if I had a wing, I would use them. Uh we had on today uh uh, Ensign Rutherford, who is Eugene Cordero. You know Eugene from so many things, guys. Obviously, the new uh, big giant comedy that I think is still in theaters, my friends. Uh, Easter Sunday, starring uh, Joe Coy. And uh, Loki, just a small little Marvel show. Tacoma FD, The Good Place, Wrecked, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I still remember him when he did like a little blip on The Office ages ago. He is uh, someone who... I've just always seen him show up in so many shows and it's, it's night, you know, you just like, you see someone in a show and you're like, that person's funny. I hope everyone else thinks they're funny too. And then clearly you're not the only one after you see Eugene Cordero's career just go up and up and up. It is a upward Mm -hmm. slope for that man. And he's such a nice guy. He was talking with us from his hotel room in uh, London uh, because he's shooting a show right now. Can't tell you what, you know, time will tell. Time will tell, David. You're correct. Well, anyway, Eugene is here on Fanatics to talk about his love of somewhat obscure British reality shows. I I learned a lot from those episodes, so let's take a listen. Do you ever think in a British accent after, you know, watching so many of these shows? Or do you at least stay American in your head? Man, I... I don't even know if I stay American in my head ever, but I definitely, <laughs> I definitely get, I, I love the British accent so much. And in some of the shows, there's a bunch of accents from different places that they're from, like Essex and Brighton and everything. So then you hear the different ones, South London. So then you hear them and you're like, oh man, those are so cool. Oh, that one's so different. And so then I kind of think in that. And try to say the phrases in my head, but scared to say them out loud. This is a safe. <laughs> this is a safe space, Eugene. You can do anything. It, it always sounds. It always. You always feel like you can say it. I mean, I'm not good with accents, but you always feel like in your head, oh, that's going to come out sounding a certain way, and then totally does not when you verbalize. Yeah. So I agree with you. It's better to say them in your head. I feel like a, a an American actor. 
isn't as good at the British accent. I might be putting everybody under the bus than a British actor doing an American accent. So I feel nervous. Well, Andrew Lincoln proved that with Walking Dead. Like, who who even knew he was British till he showed up like season three at a Comic Con? It was like, yeah. hello. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Here's here's the thing. For those who don't know about, you know, obscure British reality shows, what are we talking about? Give us a definition of what that means to you. Why do you love them so much and what are they? Okay, so um, I love them so much because they're just slightly different in various ways in the way they talk, in the way, not only in the way they talk, but in the way that they kind of present themselves in re- reality shows here. I mean, we know like... British Bake Off, right? That's like on Netflix and everything else. So like you can see that and that's probably like the way in. And then they have their version of Love Island, which I guess is very popular, but also something that we know, same with like Mask Singer, like they have those Mask Dancer. It's like kind of in the world. So it's like the same, but now everybody's just from here or from London or the UK rather than the States. Great. And then they have this whole slew of them which since I've been out here for like four months now and I don't have DVR, I'm just watching what's on TV, which is neat. And um, I would end up watching this show called Gogglebox, which is just, they did it on Bravo in the States kind of and called it like couch surfing or sofa something. <laughs> but it's basically a bunch of British people from various places and walks of life watching other shows on British TV. So that way I kind of get like an, a glimpse of what they're watching, but then also get the feedback of how they think about stuff. And it's like <laughs> from like a posh older couple to like a family of five to like, you know, a uh, like a sister, brother-sister combo who are just like very funny and, and goofy about all of the shows. But then they'll watch like Stranger Things sometimes. So then I get kind of like the British take on Stranger Things. But then it'll also be on the news of Britain, of like Boris getting, you know, leaving and who who's next and all that kind of that stuff. That is crazy. It's like they've taken like the YouTube videos, yes. like the gaming videos to a new level, to a to that only <laughs> this is how desperate the British are for entertainment, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Gogglebox has been on for 12 years. So it's it's like the goggle box couch surfing people are celebrities in their own right. And there's also a celebrity goggle box, which I also love to watch because I don't know how they're celebrities. So I try to figure that out. So it's kind of a game for me. And then they've all turned into celebrities for me. Do they switch per season? Now, in the seasons, we have to discuss as well because British TV seasons are so arbitrary and weird. But yes. do they switch or is the, the same people have been on for 12 years? There've been some um, some people that have been there for all of the seasons, and some people who are new in the later seasons. And then you'd find somebody like they would replay some of the older seasons, and you'd see a person doing goggle box stuff, goggle boxing, I guess we'll call it, with a different partner, like just two different people. And you're like, who's that? And then you can Google them and like see that they broke up with that person and now is with a new person and that new person's now their goggle box person. It's like a whole thing out here, you guys. It's like an OnlyFans that's broadcast everywhere. 
Yeah. Like I feel crazy. like goggle box yeah. should be a term for when two people go into a room and then they can't come out until they've goggled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to goggle each other. Uh, Eugene, is being out there alone, because you're on set, you know, you're working a gig right now. FYI, that's probably why you're there for four months. And so does it feel like you have friends or do you not have family there or do you able to hang out with your castmates? Like, is it sort of give you a bit of like a fake family in that way that we love to just sit with our friends? Like when I watch an episode of the office, I feel like I'm with my family, you know, you know what? I think there's a couple of aspects to that. First of all, my wife and my kids are here. So um, I, I get to have family time, but I think my wife and I love Gogglebox this much also because I think during the COVID times, there wasn't people, other people that you'd watch TV with. So then I think having other people also watching TV that you're Mm. watching was kind of like this thing of like, everybody's watching this thing, which was intriguing. But you know, and that's not even the only show that I'm watching. But it's it's kind of like a case study in like psychology and like a socioeconomic study of, you know, the different tiers of wealth in the UK, I would imagine. Is it all people in like are there people from Wales and yes, it's uh, absolute, Ireland? It's absolutely that. Not not necessarily from Ireland, I think. I think they might have their own goggle box. Scottish. But, you can't understand the thing the Scots say. Yeah, so. I think, I think, <laughs> I mean, the, I think their the, goggle box would need translated. Yeah, I think they have their own goggle box as well. Uh, yeah, this is all just different places uh, in and around the UK, but it definitely different classes and different opinions on po- politics and everything too. Like it's it's pretty neat to see. And everybody's take is still kind of fun to witness. And you can even see... Like sometimes it's like a it's like a adult child with their parents, like everybody's older. And you can just see the difference of opinion, even from the the adult the parents to the adult child that's probably in their thirties watching this show, just mm-hmm. kind of going like, Oh God. But they watch other reality shows that I also watch, which is also very funny. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's a good transition to yeah. what are the other ones you watch. And and as you transition, is now that I know the wife is out there, is she the one who is informing you about these new shows? Or are you discovering them together? Or do you each bring something to the table? No, she watches Love Island and all that kind of stuff, which is a little not my 
cup of tea, even though there are other ones that we both it's don't It's too like. highbrow. I hear you. Too, yeah, there's just too much love going on. But I think uh, there is another, there's a show that we both don't watch, but we are also intrigued by it, and they do watch it on Gogglebox, and it's called Naked Attraction. I don't know if you heard anything mm-hmm. about the show Naked Attraction, but it's literally. I have. <laughs> five people. I have not. Five people behind walls and one person who wants to go on a date with them. But those people behind the walls are butt naked. And then they start from the feet and then they reveal their junk first. And then you critique their junk and choose who you want to take out. And then they get up to like the chest level and then the, finally the face. And it's Hold just. On. <laughs> yeah, this is a real show. No, but it's, it's the way we got here, Eugene. You're like, my wife, you know, she watches Love Island. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a little smutty. And then you're like, but what we really watch is, <laughs> is the show no. where we critique each other's junk. And I'm like, I'm not sure I'm <laughs> fi- following the way you see the world. <laughs> and this is a British show? Yeah, the, yeah. The Naked, yeah. Date, naked, naked Love is a British naked show? Naked Attraction. Yeah, it's a British show. But neither of us watch it. We're just intrigued that it exists. Oh, I thought you watched. <laughs> no, 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 no. Gotcha. I thought that this was this was part of the uh, you know Netflix queue for you. No, you're just saying you get to have a a peek, a sneak peek, literally at it through Gogglebox. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't watch the show, even though when it has been on, we're like, oh no way, I can't, I can't imagine watching the show. It just is so creepy to me. But it's popular. To me, that is classic British television because, like, basically, there's no expense, no wardrobe, no makeup, no yeah. no set, no nothing. Like, you could just start that show at a moment's notice, in pretty much anywhere, if you had a like a few walls. Um, yeah. So, tell me about how the British culture in reality television differs from the American culture. I have my own opinion, but I'm curious, you know, how are the people, how are the British people different than us Americans? And how's that exemplified in these shows? Um, I think there is definitely more of a, a wall, even though it's a reality show, there's, there's a wall that's up that kind of keeps them distant from the reality to an extent. Like, they're never going to fully put it out there. Like, and I feel like Americans on reality shows are almost like I'm here to be a famous person, if that makes sense. Like, on reality shows in the States, it's just like, oh, I'm, I know I'm on a reality show. I know what reality shows are. And I want, you know, a billion Instagram followers or whatever. And I feel like, the British reality shows, it's like, I'm on a show, but I am still very myself, if that makes sense. And it just feels a little bit more, I don't know. I mean, I guess posh. I guess it, it feels just more clean cut, even though you're right. The lighting is terrible. The like the, the way they shoot it is horrendous. But it, I feel like they, there's just a little bit more kind of, I don't know, like, tightening of the necktie a little bit more. Could I say like, reservation? Would reservation, you agree with yes, the word reservation? Absolutely. Yeah. I My favorite thing, I was watching the British version of Cops, <laughs> 
one sure. time, you know, and some guy like almost murdered his neighbor's wife. Like it was a big, you know, altercation and like the cops came out. Of course they did because it's cops. And, you know, the cops talking to them and he's like, do you understand that you almost murdered the wife? And the guy's like, yes, I do. And he's like, and would you say, would you apologize for that? And the guy says, yes, I'm sorry. And then the cop <laughs> turns to the other guy. He's like, would you accept his apology? And the guy's like, yes, I accept. And like, that was it. <laughs> like right. it went from yeah. murder to like shaking hands within five, it de-escalated so quickly that it is, there's a certain reservation that you see come across. It still feels like that whole like take off a white glove and slap somebody in the face type thing. Mm -hmm. Eugene, how did you get into it? Like, what's the origin story? Was it because you've been doing enough gigs in in London that you then started to be exposed to this? And then was it because you were, you know, a late night on set and it was three a.m. or you're like, no, you've been you've been into reality shows from five years I old. No, yeah, I think I just got into it just because it was one of those things where I got home from work and it was a way to turn off and I didn't and I, you know, I was intrigued enough by it to go like, well, if I look down at my phone or if I do something else or I eat during this, I'm not missing anything. You know, because it's like everything's in chunks. And that's how like some of the other shows that we do watch, which is like first dates where it's just a restaurant. It's a restaurant in London where they all, all of the the meals they are first dates and you just watch people go on first dates and it's like, great. Um, let's see if this works out. And then if it doesn't, you go, okay, it didn't. And then you can do your life. If that makes sense. It's just kind of like mindless TV, but with everybody with a British accent, it gives me a little bit more intrigue into it, I guess. <laughs> they could all be spies, but did you ever yeah. get into it? You know, I, I, where do you live in, in in America? Are you a Los Angeles person? Yeah, I'm an, I'm a Los Angeles person. Yeah, so uh, that's the, the technical term. Yeah, I am a person of Los Angeles. Um, I <laughs> I get into like Big Brother a little bit. I I like or like Top Chef. I think I like reality shows for the same reason. When I come home from work, I feel like if I um, if I watch too much. TV, TV, I get kind of bogged down with like, it's like work after work, if that makes sense, which seems weird, but I, I, I don't know. Would you ever put yourself on a reality show if given the opportunity? If like, your publicist one day was like, Eugene, Dancing with the Stars, or Eugene, obviously not first dates, you're married, but if there was a, yeah. would, you, would you be down for any kind of show or are there actually a couple specific shows, maybe British style? If they brought up a, American version of Gogglebox back and I'm watching shows and then just joking around about them. I would do that, I think, in a heartbeat. I think that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> get sponsored by some snacks. <laughs> yeah. Get get sponsored by some crisps. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think something along those lines. And then I'm also into the one that I'm big into right now Again, it's about celebrities here in the UK, but it's called Celebrity SAS. Get Me Out of Here, I think it's called. Something like that. I don't know if the Get Me Out of Here is part of it, but it's definitely SAS. And it's like a bunch of celebrities from various reality shows and uh, footballers and, and uh, Olympians um, partaking in like uh, military training 
like hardcore, oh, like yeah. black ops, military training, and that kind of stuff is very intriguing to me. Reality show style, you know, like just. I just I I'm just googling it now. That. So, so SAS is the British version of the way we say SOS, or is SAS a different term? It's a different thing. I think it's secrets. Something, sir. It's like um, it's so secretive they don't even let you know the acronym. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some kind of like, you know, some kind of military, real deal, hardcore war military training. I like those shows. You know, you mentioned the other Naked Love. I thought you were going to say Naked and Afraid, which I'm a real fan of. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the shows where you're physically tested. Like yes. Survivor, Naked and Afraid. That I have watched some of the military shows. They, I think they had one Semper Fi over here that was, you know, obviously about the training and boot camp. But that, there's something like, and I think part of it is you're an artist. We're connected to our bodies. That This is how we create our art with our bodies, you know? And so yeah. that getting like super physical is very appealing to me. So I, I'm with you. Eugene, if you, if you go on that show, I'm going to come too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would do it, you know, and you don't want anybody to quit, but you understand when they do and you're like, yay, go for mm-hmm. it. But yeah. I'm yeah, totally go ahead and quit so that. I have a better chance of winning, please. You yeah, know, right. that would be my attitude. <laughs> Eugene, do you share your love of Gogglebox and first dates and SAS with anyone outside your family walls? Like when you're on set, are, did they know that I, you're a big I'm fan of this s- stuff? Yeah, and they especially about Gogglebox, I I work with a lot of British actors right now. And I told them that I watch Gogglebox and they're like, you Americans love our Gogglebox. (laughs) Like that was a sense. (laughs) I'm like, yes, you Americans (laughs) love our Gogglebox. What, what do you mean? And they're like, you're not the first, you're one of many who've come through. Yeah. I guess it's the idea that we get to see different ways of life of people in the UK. And it's a way to see it kind of quickly and, you know, and, um, and that way you can kind of get a sense of it. I mean, it would be like if we were watch if you, if we did do it in the States, if there was people from like the South and then some people from the West coast, some people in the East coast, and then like, you know, a family in Hawaii and a family in Alaska. And then that way you can be like, oh, this is all people from the United States watching a, the same show. I wonder what their take is. That's this, that's similar and different, you know? Um, but yeah, who knows? Are there any sayings or phrases it. that you've picked up? My son, who is um, five and a half, he, he's done, um, he's done some holiday camp, which is just summer camp. So calling something a holiday, that's just the summer is maybe one thing. Um, but he, he doesn't ask if he can try anything now. He just says if he can have a go. So he asks if he can have a go at something, <laughs> a bunch. That's a big British thing. That's a lot cute. of it is from my son because he he has those interactions that are a little bit more straightforward. Calling it football instead of soccer. So he's a footballer right now. And, you know, he's he's having goes and, he you know, that kind of stuff. And then calling things like, um, a lift instead of an elevator. That's a big thing here that my son loves. Chips instead of fries, he loves. But yeah. But anything I mean, maybe specifically from, 
from the TV shows, like anything like that the TV show terms are, that are coming up or not oh. really? It's really just more the Britishisms. Yeah, it's really more the Britishisms uh, popping in for something. They say that like pop in. Let me pop in on uh, this other show. So having popping into things is is definitely one too. Um, but I don't know. I feel like if I've heard it because I'm hearing it so much that when I come back home, I'm going to be like, oh, I guess that was a very British term. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not coming back like Madonna or anything, but, you know, where I have maybe like you will. Accent. You don't know yet. Don't yeah. don't make that don't, claim don't, just yet. Eugene. Yeah. Don't kill a dream. Come on. <laughs> You're right. You're right. So what is the reality show, the UK reality show that you have yet to see that you would really like? either a version of an American show or something, you know, unique and new. Oh, um, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe I just haven't seen the, you know, the, the like black ops celebrity version of that show in the States yet. I think I'd be intrigued by watching that happen where they really, test themselves i believe you know? i believe eugene if you really want to do it i a dear friend of mine was an editor on a show and i think it was just a season of it i can't remember where it aired but i think you're all going to get it from from the title stars and stripes ah so okay. if you want to yeah if you want some Amer- I get it. american celebrities doing some you know, ops kind of action. I believe Stars sure. and Stripes can probably be streamed somewhere at the least <laughs> okay. YouTube. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely. I, I would be so curious to know who those celebrities are for Stars and Stripes. Let me let okay. me see if I could uh, find out here. Via, Does your um, love yeah, for these obscure British reality shows cross over to any of their obscure? scripted shows because <laughs> there's quite a few of those as well you know what it doesn't i feel like again i i once i have to start thinking it makes I, like uh, I'm, i mean this does end up being all about gogglebox they'll they'll get into one of those shows and i'll see the highlights of a show where it's like there's one that's like about a submarine them like and i'm like what is this and I would be intrigued for a moment, and then they would do another episode of it, and I'd be like, mm, "I'm over it." You know, I, it never will hold my attention. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I guess like Coronation Street is one that's like a, been going on forever, yeah. and they'll show highlights from that, but nothing that I've, you know, if anything, it just looks insane. There's a lot of shows here where what happens, and this again is just from episodes and episodes of Gogglebox that I'm watching. But I'm noticing that some of the shows that are dramas or whatever, there's always like a sinkhole that happens and people fall down a sinkhole a bunch. And I'm like, man, that's a, a trope that I've not noticed in, you know, at home is sinkhole. You know, everything happens and then you know, a sinkhole happens. You never and, know. Just watch you know. your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's an earthquake with us. Yeah. Okay. First off, clarity on my part. Stars earn stripes. Oh, I, th- I think okay. my original title was better, but it's Stars and Stripes. It was a yeah. Mark Burnett show, so legit. Oh, yeah, Actually, okay. This was okay. on NBC. It had Ooh. aired for four episodes. Oh, they didn't even get four get into it. They didn't even get into it. No, this this was a clearly a no go. Pretty quickly, America was against this idea that apparently is doing very well in 
Britain, sure. but did not fly. Well, I wonder some, why, because we like circus with the stars. So, like, why wouldn't we? <laughs> here's see? here's some of the people who were on it. Okay, Dean Kane. Okay. What you will. Uh, what you will. Layla exactly. Ali, as in uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, Muhammad uh-huh. Ali's Muhammad, daughter. Yeah, sure. uh, Nick Lachey. Okay. Of hmm. reality show uh, legends. Um, what are we talking Keegan here? Are we talking, are we talking like 2012? Oh, okay. 2012. Okay. Pretty close. Terry Crews and Todd Palin, uh, husband of Sarah Palin. Okay. Wow. This was before Terry Crews got the uh, America's Got Talent gig. But they were paired with Navy SEALs, Marines, Green Berets, Delta Force. So this was this was your show. So if you you have four episodes of hot content, Eugene. Yeah. To See, dig into. I, but they're not British, David. <laughs> so what I, are you even talking oh, about? You're right. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like what's happening on this show that I'm watching now, which by the way, has a couple of American like boot camp instructors in it because they're part of this British ops thing. Uh, either way, they're really putting these people through the work. I feel like that show that was on NBC that is that is a little bit kind of like American gladiators where it's just kind of like, let's see them kind of go through it rather than like, let's watch them almost vomit from all of the hard stuff they have to do. Mm-hmm. But whatever, I'd watch it. I'm still going to watch those four episodes, dude. Of course. I like what you said about, you know, the reason you're drawn to this type of content is because you don't have to overly activate your mind. You know, it's relaxing. You can scroll your phone. You can, you know, check out your lines for the next day. You can do whatever and have this on in the background. How how does that like what is that feeling of relaxation like when you're getting ready to sit down and turn on, uh, you know, your show? What do you feel like inside? What do I, what do I feel like? Um, I'm, wait, what do I feel like going into watching? Like, what's your yeah, inner like life? It's the end of the day, your routine. Yeah, what's the inside? Is it just you feel mushy? Is it just you're totally relaxed? Or Yeah, you... I think I'm totally relaxed and re- ready to, in a weird way, even though I know it's a reality show, just see regular people do regular or do see regular people do things, I guess is what it is. So I'm just like, oh, let me just see these people do things. And it's not just me pretending to do things like I did all day. Because all Mm -hmm. day I'm pretending to do (laughs) things. So then at the end of the day, I'm like, well, I want to watch other people do normal things or real things. Try to cook a dinner for somebody else or whatever, you know, Um, or go on a first date, something like that. I think that that seems a little bit more like, okay, I'm connected to the rest of the world rather than going like, I pretended to be this all day. <laughs> Look at me, you know, like whatever. Yep. I, I feel you. I feel you. I, that's why I love reality, you know? Yeah. So going, going into that, I mean, I, that might be the answer, Eugene, and I'm down if that's if that is what it is. I like to usually get into like a real good why because everyone on this, on this podcast, everyone comes in with a, a thing, right? And there's usually a why, and I find the why tends to tends to connect to something that happened like in an adolescent age for some reason. I just feel like there's always like this important thing that happened, and we're trying to like reconnect or fill a hole or you know maybe heal something sure. even. So yeah, does it sound like for you that 
like I I don't mind reality shows, but I do not. I would never bring reality shows on as the subject of this podcast. I've mine are I like the Fantastic Four and other weird things. So reality shows though is a big thing for a lot of people. Is it? Yeah. Because do you think you just are an actor in so many things and play pretend that is just a real thing, or is it just seeing people like a family kind of family environments? Maybe I'm kind of poking some holes here what do you think yeah, if you had to I mean, sit down I, and like therapize yourself i think there's two things why i watch kind of both parts i like watching the reason why i like watching competition ones is because there's something at stake and it's and there's other people like just really using their drive to get somewhere and it makes me not feel crazy for you know trying to do something so much as well you know it's just like Somebody who is like the worst cook in America or whatever, trying to finally cook is like, oh, that person really sucks at cooking and they're really trying to do it. And it's just like a regular guy. And I've, I've always felt, you know, coming up in this insane business or whatever, that I was just like a regular guy that people just weren't sure could make a meal out of, you know, something. And you know, and then you start doing it and you're like, am I doing this correctly? Okay, people also have that drive. I'm not crazy for trying to do this. And and then you also realize there's people that will never make a good meal. And you're like, okay, well, I'm, I know I'm not that person. So I think it's just kind of a mix there. And then I think the kind of goggle box That's of great. it all is, uh, you know, the reason why I connected with that is I think I was so used to growing up in a big Filipino household where um, a show like American Idol would be on and aunts and uncles and cousins would have their freaking opinion on every single second of it. And you kind of didn't want to hear it, but you did kind of want to hear it because you knew that this person sang really well, but I knew that my aunt was going to go like, well, they don't know how to hit this. And it's like, oh, because you also sing in that range and try to sing that song at home a lot type thing. And I think because mm-hmm. there's, you know, Filipinos have big karaoke parties, obviously. So big karaoke we're, culture. We are, big time. Yeah, we are we are in big competition with American Idol when it was on. It was like a harsh judgment. It was like all <laughs> Filipino Simon Cowell's at the same time, you know, and everybody had hot takes on everybody's and then and went hard on their looks, went hard on this. It was just like rough. It was just full of jealousy. It was just like a, you know, it was just pure envy of everybody that had gone that far. So I think that that was something that watching a show like Gogglebox, I'm like, oh, these are totally the same kind of, you know, hearing opinions of, of shows. Yeah. That, you know. And it's also something that you do at home. So it's a just running nice commentary. Yes. It's nice to know that other people also yes. do it. Because like, yeah. So I guess ultimately why I'm I watch them is I love that. so I don't feel crazy. <laughs> well, I think you nailed it, Eugene. In fact, I think you gave some of my favorite answers that I've ever asked someone that question on this pod. I think you were very thoughtfully astute and self-aware of yourself. And also, I want everyone to know that I can confirm being married to... Uh, a woman of Filipino descent that when we even went to the Philippines once, I probably an hour off the plane where I'm doing karaoke <laughs> with them. So yes, Philippines. Yeah. 
like no joke. It's immediate. It's immediate. It's, it's real, man. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it's beautiful. Maybe that's your show that you develop over there in the UK. Yeah. Is, you know, some sort of a hybrid karaoke commentary. Uh, maybe maybe it's a a goggle box for karaoke. Oh man. It would be harsh. It would be harsh if you I'm had I'm feeling it. Yeah. If you had any Filipinos involved, that's mm-hmm. for sure. It's a good idea, Claire. It is. I'd wa- I, would, I would do it. <laughs> well, you, I'm I'd looking at you, it. so <laughs> yeah, you would be the host. Oh, See, gross. we've already created magic Eugene. here. This is good. We, yes. We, we nailed it. Uh, Eugene, this has been an absolute pleasure. I don't want it to end, but unfortunately, um, time and gravity say otherwise. Can you please regale us with a love letter to this beautiful oh, thing that is sure. British television, British reality television? Dear British reality television, especially you, Gogglebox, and you, First Dates, and um, you, Dinner Date, for now, and Celebrity SAS, thank you for being different voices for me to hear. Thank you for being different opinions for me to watch. Um, But thank you mainly for showing me drive in a different way and how to handle yourself in different ways. And also being witty in a different way than I have ever experienced before. I appreciate it. I love it. And I will not try to mimic it in any regards. Love, Eugene. Love, Eugene. Beautiful. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You know what other phrase British people say that is kind of like a nice little treat when you meet them? Instead of saying hi or how are you, they say, y'all right there. Y'all right there. And it's just kind of like a nice way of, you know, greeting another human being. That sounds pleasant. You sound, you sound, what I'm happy about is that you're very happy about that. Well, I'm not happy enough to adopt it in my own life. Mm. I'm not going to, y'all right there. But, you know, it is an, it's a nice way to say, hey, what's up? <laughs> I... Which is basically an encapsulation of what the British people do is say things a little bit nicer than we do here in the US. A general societal, cultural politeness is definitely higher up than what we do there was a moment when i was doing my study abroad and i'll never forget it and we went to a play some friends and i and this little this, these two little children said to their parents and just went mommy daddy can i please have some ice cream 
can I please have some ice cream? And I just remember <laughs> just my whole heart exploded. And we went to, it was seeing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang too. But it's as if they had just stepped off some fairy tale uh, film. And they weren't. They were just two little kids in 2000s Britain. And uh, yes, there is something so delightful about their culture and that they probably could give a rat's butt about their own culture the way we love it but we do right claire we look at it and go oh no i think something so sweet (laughs) i mean look at the monarch they are very much about culture and regime and you know history i i i think that the opposite of that i think they're extremely invested <laughs> no in their way I, of I, I think life. they're invested but i don't think they find it as delightful and as like they don't i don't think have the sort of joy that we find the connection to like i don't think they they you know i think they do it because it's the right thing to do i think we look at british culture and these little ice creamisms and popping overs and we go oh how pleasant how how sweet and i think they're just like yes this is just how we are like this is what should be i I think that's sort of how i connect to it but yeah i i think that also when eugene was well I, i actually put the word in his mouth like a little reservation you know the whole culture is reserved refined yes. if you will even yes. if you look at things socioeconomically the the less earners still have that you know refinedness about them you know what i mean there's here we have many different we don't need to get into this conversation but yes there's a manners certain are definitely i think a a layer of part. like yeah. like yeah it doesn't matter what income you are necessarily there is tea time like literally like tea time is just mm-hmm. sort of kind of built into a culture i mean that to an american like us definitely feels like ooh tea tea's a very posh thing but like tea's just a sort of like everyday thing i think for a vast majority of uh of people in the United Kingdom. And I think there's a an absolute charm to that, don't you think? I do. I definitely, I, I like myself a high tea as well. I like to go to the Dorchester oh. when I'm there and treat myself right. <laughs> yeah. And and take a, take a moment to reflect on my life over some, you know, tiny little sandwiches and some tea. Yes. <laughs> uh, Eugene, definitely, uh, definitely we connect with him today on all this. It's just there's something special about being somewhere else and seeing life through someone else's eyes. And if you guys enjoy seeing life through other people's eyes, then, well, heck, I hope you've been enjoying all of the Fanatics podcast episodes, of which there are many. Um, and we're still going with Lower Decks, my friends. Still going with Lower Decks. Like, subscribe, share all the things. We appreciate it. Um, I like seeing life through your eyes, Claire. That's part of the fun of of having a co-host. And likewise, David. Yes, I agree. It is part of the we're the dynamic duo of understanding, sharing, mm. caring, mm. podcasting. That's right. Brene Brown, we're kicking you to the curb. Come on, <laughs> Fanatics Podcast. Yes. If you want to deep dive <laughs> and see life through someone else's lens. Guys, all the love. See you next Thursday. Bye-bye. And before we let you guys go, continuing on our Star Trek Lower Decks run, next week we have Jack Quaid coming on. Yes, Ensign Boimler. 
You know him from, obviously, Lower Decks. Also, The Boys, amazing on that show. Hunger Games, Scream, Plus One. Uh, He's just, you know, really a phenomenal actor. And he is coming on to talk about his love of the band, the British band, The Gorillas, with a Z. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Today is gonna be the day we'll watch British TV with you. By now you should have somehow realized Eugene's watched it too.